If you want really good instant coffee for the outdoors and you want to support the show, go to csinstant.coffee, use the code ADVENTURE at checkout, and get 10% off your next order. Thanks. That's actually been a huge struggle um, because I'm really rocking the boat suggesting something that's never been done before. Um, because I, I strongly believe that the two pounds of food per day rule is a really bad way of planning because there's so much variety that can dump into two pounds of food. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we hear stories of adventure from every corner of the planet. We interview all sorts of folks who are using their sport to explore the world around them and give you the inspiration you need to get out there and have some fun. For most of the folks that we have on this show, the adventure that we talk about in the episode is usually, you know, a pivotal moment in their life. I know for me, when I was first on the show, it was, we were talking about my first trip and how how just different I was afterwards. It really changed everything about me, my values, um, my whole trajectory, honestly, my career, everything. My It even changed my major in college. I literally switched because of the things I learned on that trip. And so, you know, for a lot of us, we don't want to go back to that normal life after this experience. And so for Erin on today's episode, that's exactly what happened to her. She had a career in the medical field, uh, was kind of getting bogged down, realized she was going through a midlife crisis, and decided to switch it up by going and hiking the PCT. And because she was a dietitian in the medical field, her her love for food really came out on a, on a through hike. And if you know anything about through hikers and adventures, sometimes, you know, your, your diet is the last thing you think about and plan for. Uh, that definitely is the case with me. But Erin saw that folks needed help. She was really good at it. She was great at making recipes. And so when she got back, she did not want to go back to her job and decided to start a business around this newfound passion. And so a lot of us, when we do have an experience that is really out of the box, like like the PCT or a bike tour or a climb or something, we don't want to go back to normal life and we want our new life to be just something around this new passion. But that's very hard, as you'll learn. I definitely tried it for years and years and failed many, many times. I could do an episode on that one day, maybe. But anyway, Erin talks about what it was like to sell her house, sell her cars, live in a van full time. This is all really new to her and ongoing. So it was really cool to hear her perspective about this and and what it's really been like to get something off the ground within your passion. So uh, you can find out more about her at Backcountry Food com or just look up backcountry underscore foodie on Instagram and backcountry foodie on YouTube and Facebook. And by the way, they are graciously giving ASP listeners 25% off meal plans and other things on their website. Just on the order form, put Adventure Sports Podcast under the section. Tell us who referred you. And the link for that is in the show notes. All right, here's the episode. You know, like you just mentioned, you're 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 in a van in New Mexico, and you just did a hike. And so, is, is this kind of your life, living out of a van and hiking where you want to and traveling around the country? Yeah, um, we actually moved into it April first of last year, so we're coming up on a year. Um, and we really do. We don't have a plan. It's kind of nice. We just make it up as we go, depending on oh, that forest looks really cool. Let's go check out that. Um, that's really got some great BLM land. So let's go there. So we really like right now we're in New Mexico. 
on some BLM land, and we haven't made a plan for what we're going to do three days from now. <laughs> we love it. That is his dream. And so, you know, were you the type of person before all this that that, that would think you would be okay with that? Or, or is this kind of new to you over the last year? Oh, no, I was very structured before. So this is a completely different lifestyle. It actually took us probably three months to really get in the groove. Um, because I came from a, a position at a hospital that every 15 minutes of my day was structured. I had to calculate how much time I spent being productive. Um, so transitioning to, I can wake up when I want, I work as long as I want, you know, we can go for a hike midday if we want. Um, so it's a huge change from what I was used to before. So I, I'm sure you've told the story a number of times, but I'd, I'd love to hear what happened to where you went from this <laughs> super structured life. But I think, honestly, you know, I, it's definitely a chunk of my life is pretty structured, um, is, is non-structured as I am. But you just it's kind of unavoidable as you get older, it seems like. What, what, what happened? Um, well, I found that I was just working more and more and more and having less freedom to do the things that I love, which backpacking. And then there was the day that I custom ordered a high-end SUV, which is something I would never do in my normal life. And then I went on vacation to the Philippines for two weeks with someone I'd never met before. So I knew something is going on, and I realized that was my midlife crisis, and something needed to change. So were those things not good? Um, They ended up working out okay, but they were just so off of my normal lifestyle that I was like, and my friends were like, what is going on with you, Aaron? Like, this is not you. There's something is going on. So I decided that, okay, I'm going to take a break, figure out what's going on. And I decided to hike the Pacific Crest Trail on my 40th birthday, which is kind of my present to myself that I'd been wanting to do it for years. And I was so structured and like, you got to work on your 401k. You need to do this. You know, this is the way society wants you to live. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm taking a break. And my boss at the time said, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave and not be able to come back. So that was a huge leap for me after being in such a secure position. I was there for almost 10 years. So I was scared, but I was like, something's got to change because I'm not in a good place right now. Um, so that's when my long distance hiking career, I guess you could say started was it March 26 of 2017. It was my 40th birthday. Wow. So, I mean, (laughs) let me ask you this about, you know, the midlife crisis, you said, I guess looking ahead to a midlife crisis, was it what you thought it was going through it? Or was it slowly kind of gaining on you and creeping up on you where you were making these decisions that were out of the norm? Is it it clear now looking back or did you see it coming? Um, at the time, I didn't see it coming. And I didn't really ever think of having a midlife crisis myself because I was like, I've got my life together. You know, I had a house, I had a job, like I had all those things you're supposed to have at your age. Um, so when those things happened really quickly, and I just got to where I didn't care about work anymore. And that was unlike me too, that I was really dedicated to work. And anymore, I was just like, I don't care anymore. So my friends then were also like, something is really wrong. Um, so that's just when I decided to give it all up and try something else. And now I'm an entrepreneur living in a van. <laughs> <laughs> and so the crisis continues. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so I still am in a place that is so unlike me, but I love it now. I'm so much happier. <laughs> wow. That is a powerful story. So, so what did, what did you discover about yourself on that Pacific Crest Trail? Did that end up being kind of what you were looking for, to, you know, to say the least? Um, well, that in itself, too, was something that started where I, it kind of created my where I am today. Um, well, I'm a dietitian. I've been a dietitian now for almost 20 years. 
Um, and at the time, I'd been a dietitian for almost 16 years. This is back in 2016 when I decided that I was going to start hiking. Um, and I've always been an athlete. So I knew at the time, like, I really need to think about my food because I eat a lot. And once I started adding up the math, being a nerdy dietitian, that's what I do, um, that I couldn't physically carry the amount of food I needed to eat um, to not lose a lot of weight. And at the time, I was pretty fit. So I couldn't afford to lose the 30 and 40 pounds that most through hikers, well, I won't say most, but a lot of through hikers are known to lose. So I started really panicking. It's like, how on earth am I going to be able to carry this and stay on the trail? And I was like, I'm a dietitian. There's no way I'm going home because I didn't eat well. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I was like, that's not a reason to go home. <laughs> I can go home because of an injury or something else, but I'm not going home because I lost 30 pounds. And so was that, was that one of your biggest concerns, I guess, looking at the experience? For me, it was because I'd been backpacking by then. I'd been backpacking since 2001. So I was like, I've got the backpacking part down. Like, I'm confident out there. I'm not afraid of things. So that wasn't my worry. My worry was food. Um, and I was reading all the blog posts and watching the videos at the time. And everyone else was worried about food. So, And I, at the time, I was just eating Mountain House. And I was like, oh, I can't afford to eat Mountain House for six months. That's just not feasible in itself that way. So I started making my own food. And little did I know that that's where I am today. That's how my business started is I ended up manipulating backpacking food to where it actually tastes good. It doesn't require a lot of water, which is really helpful when you're in the desert. Um, you can make it in five minutes or less on trail. So when you're starving, like it's done, you're not sitting there simmering noodles for 20 minutes. Um, it's super high calorie. It's a lot of nutrition. So at the time I was like, oh, this is just something I'm doing for myself. Um, but as since other hikers started following me on the trail, hoping I would leave my food in the hiker bin. <laughs> so, oh my God. so you started gaining um, a reputation huh, out on the trail. So I had a reputation. So, and at the time I'd never had an Instagram. I didn't even know what Instagram was in 2016. So people were like, you really need to start an Instagram account. So I started having people following me literally on the trail because I would post pictures of where I am, what I was doing, hoping I would leave things behind. So, yeah, so then I ended up, that was that season. Um, and then after that, people throughout the season was just like, you've really got to do something with this. Like, we're struggling too. How can you help us? Um, so that is now, a few years later, turned into my own business. Of Now I've written a cookbook for backpackers, and we now have an online service for recipes for backpackers. Um, so that's kind of how that ended up the new job career as a backpacking dietitian, which is something you don't learn about in college. I just made it up. <laughs> wow. So, so let me ask you this, you know, you get back from the PCT, you know, you, 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 you had made all this homemade food and you got this reputation. How long did it take you to, to start putting this together? You didn't have a job to go back to. So, did did it did it did the idea start forming while you were on the trail? You know, obviously you have a lot of time to think. Right, and I have to clarify too. I didn't finish the PCT. I ended up injuring out because of a shoulder injury of all things. So at least I didn't go home because of my diet. I went home because of something else. But yes, yeah, so along the way and getting feedback, it was really kind of fun because I would interview other hikers about their food, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know the backcountry foodie." So then by the time, and that's what my business name is, is backcountry foodie. Um, so then by the time I got home that season, I also ended up on the Appalachian Trail that season too, once I rehabbed my shoulder. Um, yeah, I just started thinking about what can I do with this? So when I got home, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, was willing to, you've got something here. I can support you. I'll keep working. Um, let's figure this out. So again, being a dietitian, I had zero knowledge of web design or marketing or how to form a business. So it was really hard. 
um, figuring all that out on my own. And fast forward, now he's since quit his job and is doing all that for me because I'm still struggling um, for that. So that's kind of where all of that came about, the business part, is we just kind of figured it out on our own. Is that is that the way you you recommend doing it? I guess that's the only way you can do it, huh? No, <laughs> no <you> <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> uh, and I just watching as many webinars as possible, and I spent so much money trying to figure out how to start a business, and not knowing that. Uh, luckily, my husband had been working kind of more in the corporate area and the business management and that kind of thing, so he has the knowledge that I wish I would have had when I started. Um, so just, and he quit in March of 2019, just before we moved into the van and just in the amount of time that he's been helping me, we're so much further ahead than I was when I struggled from 2018 all the way through 19. Um, so if you have access to somebody with that kind of knowledge, it'll make it so much better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, you you know, that's that's so many interesting things. So, so I, I imagine, I meant to ask you this, I imagine that you, when you were hiking on the trail, you 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 got to you know where you were camping for the night. Maybe there were other people. I'm sure you saw some pretty atrocious meals being formed uh, through by the other through hikers. I'm sure you were just disgusted by a lot of, yeah. a lot of folks, huh? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I was in Warner Springs, and we actually had kind of almost like a food party to where everybody dumped all their food out on the table. We're like, look at what I'm eating, and look at what Aaron's eating. <laughs> they were wanting to trade. Like, Erin, what can I do with mine to make it taste better like yours? Um, and I will never forget this one poor guy had fixed all six months worth of food, um, dehydrated. I mean, he had all these things, but he never put salt or herbs or anything in it to make it taste good. So he was just eating dehydrated fruits and vegetables and some oatmeal. And I was like, oh, you're never going to survive. Um, he ended up doing really well. I don't think he finished, but he ended up doing okay. Uh, but yeah, no, that happened all the time is I would get into do resupply and everybody would be hustling around the grocery stores, picking up their pop tarts, you know, and honey buns. And I'd be back at the, let's say hostel or wherever we were, my food's already ready sitting there going just in my backpack while I'm like, kicking up my feet. <laughs> Jeez. So um, you really have figured yeah. something out. I, I haven't done, I've done a lot of bike packing mostly. And I'll tell you, it's very similar. You know, you're, you're out there on a trail or on a road and, get to the end of camp. I'll tell you one of my meals that I've made for years. Oh gosh, I'm embarrassed. It's a uh, instant mashed potatoes, a packet of ramen noodles and a can of tuna and all mixed together. Oh, that's kind of... oh yeah. That's the ramen bomb, right? No, the ramen. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's pretty famous, you know, the ramen bomb, but I'd often throw yeah. like some mustard or something in it just, just to give it some something and a lot of ramen bombs, um, but and I'm sure you saw a lot of them out there with all kinds of other things in them. But that's about as the that, that's the extent of my backpacking cooking went. So I'm kind of interested to know like what in the world you do, and also the business side is super interesting too. So I don't know um, what you would want to talk about first. Yeah, I guess I can start with the food part first um, because. What I'm trying to teach people is going, I guess, coinciding with the business is I'm trying to provide a lot of education in a one-stop shop kind of format. Um, Because I remember when I was trying to figure all this out, you read one blog post, you watch a YouTube video, and all these things are all scattered all over the place. Um, So I'm trying to consolidate all of that as a reliable source as a dietitian. I mean, this is what I do professionally into one location so that you know you're going, you can get your recipes, you can get your meal plans, you can get everything you need to know in this one spot. 
Um, so we're still in our infancy. We launched it in beginning of December. So it's growing every single week. We're adding more and more to it. So it's going to be an enormous resource um, in the next couple of months. But in regards to the food itself, what I'm trying to teach people is just eat like you do at home because your body's used to eating that kind of food and those carbs and the protein your body's already used to metabolizing that kind of food. So for an example, like at home, my normal breakfast is yogurt, granola, and some berries. So that's what I eat when I'm on the trail. I just use freeze-dried yogurt instead, some granola and freeze-dried berries. So I'm eating my same breakfast. It's the same. I usually make a larger portion when I'm hiking because you need more calories. Um, but it's the same breakfast. And you can have ramen, but you just add much better things to it. So um, one of my favorite recipes that all the hikers seem to love is my garlic Parmesan ramen. It's ramen with um, garlic, salt, and pepper, and Parmesan cheese, and some basil, and olive oil. And it's amazing. But that's super simple. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so you're just adding more nutrition to it with the cheese and the protein and some fats for the olive oil and those kind of things to take it up the next level, I guess you could say. So I'm not cooking gourmet meals by any stretch of the imagination. What's funny is that I actually hated to cook prior to all this. <laughs> My husband was like, you never made me dinner. <laughs> now you make food for a living. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I don't know. I just, it's a different style of cooking. It's a lot, it's mathematical. And again, I'm a real dietitian nerd. So I love the math of figuring out like all the nutrition in it and like vitamins. And that's not something I worried about on a daily basis for eating dinner at home. So this is more like it's a... Well, that's an athletic thing. So I know it needs to meet the certain needs for me to be able to perform well on trail versus just coming home and having mac and cheese for dinner. You know, I'm not so worried about it. This is more of a performance food kind of thing. And now that other hikers are eating it and doing well, that just gives me even more drive to come up with more ideas that are easy and cheap and nutritious for hikers so that they can also kind of benefit from the things I've learned over the past couple of years. Let's take a quick message break and hear from our sponsor, CS Instant Coffee. With spring being right around the corner, I know that a lot of y'all are getting ready to plan some big adventures. One of the things you don't want to have to carry with you into the backcountry or on road trips or whatever you're doing is a bunch of coffee equipment. But if you're like me, you really can't go a day without coffee. Uh, That might be a problem, but I don't care. I love it. So that being said, I take CS Instant Coffee with me just because, you know, it's super convenient. Uh, One of their packs can fill a 20-ounce container full of really good instant coffee, and I don't have to lug around a French press or or, or an AeroPress in the backcountry, and it's just a few little packets with some stream water that's boiled. And so it's really convenient. It's so good that I actually drink it at home a lot of the times out of convenience, They've been long supporters of the show, so I would really love for you to go check them out at csinstant.coffee. Use the code ADVENTURE at checkout, and that'll get you 10% off. Really appreciate it. Thanks, y'all, for supporting the show for so long. Now back to the episode. So there's definitely a need, as you've seen, and pretty much every thru-hiker I've seen could use help in this department. Uh, what, do, what do you think the biggest challenge is for you to, to reach that demographic, to reach those people with this message saying, hey... You know, because I think it's very smart what you said, because not only does it make it easy to plan when you're eating the same meals you're eating at home, it also makes it way easier on your body. And therefore, you know, you have a much better chance of going much farther down the trail or into your adventure or into the backcountry or whatever it is. Because, you know, I can't tell you how when I would go on trips, my diet was completely different and that often messed me right. up. And and I, my performance suffered big time and obviously didn't put that together for quite a few years. But how do you get that message out to folks and what's your hopes with that? That's actually been a huge struggle um, because I'm really rocking the boat suggesting something that's never been done before. 
um, because I, I strongly believe that the two pounds per food, two pounds of food per day rule is a really bad way of planning um, because there's so much variety that can dump into two pounds of food. I mean, you could eat a lot of garbage for two pounds or you can eat an excellent diet for two pounds and you would feel so much better. And actually, one of my focuses, I call it ultralight nutrition. Um, so what I do, my recipes are packed as full nutrition and calories for the least amount of weight. So I've actually figured out how you can get like 3,500 calories and only a little over a pound versus that two pound per day rule. So that's two. If you just think about things a little differently and change your mindset about food, you can actually carry less of it, feel better and goes longer. So it's just a different mindset that is new and people are having a hard time adjusting to it, to be honest. I'm really struggling kind of getting through and I've been hiking for a long time. So there's the veterans out there like, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, but you still hear people say, I bonk, I'm tired. Like, well, it's not working. So we got to figure something out to do a little differently. And that's what I'm trying to kind of encourage people to think about. So why do you think there's a resistance? Do you think there's this kind of mindset of where, you know, I'm on an adventure, I need to be, it needs to be raw and, and challenging and kind of a suffer fest rather than enjoying my meals? Um, I think the resistance, and this was just in my learning about, is that I think people think it's hard. It takes too much time. It's too expensive to do your own food um, versus going to the grocery store and, you know, picking up a package of honey buns, you know, some nuts and some rum. You pick that up right off the store shelf and you're done and throw it in a bag. But that's part of what I'm teaching people is that it's really, my husband was actually surprised when he started living in the van with me. He's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how easy it is to make your food. And he's been with me for like over three years watching me do this. And he was like, I had no idea. Like, I know that's why we're going to start doing a lot more YouTube videos that actually showing how to do it. And hopefully that resistance to the idea is going to diminish. Um, Because I think once people realize they can actually do this, and realize that they're going to feel better. It's not as expensive. And I think it'll take off and people will be a little more interested in it. I don't know that it's so much that, oh, this is the way it is. And I want to be suffer fest because, I mean, I don't particularly want to suffer if I don't have to. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hiking, you know, 2,500 miles is suffering enough in a good way that you right. don't want to really have to add to it. <laughs> no, right. That's definitely true. So, so let me ask you this, what has been, I'm in, let's talk about a part that maybe comes easier to you, which is creating the recipes. Yeah, how do you go about that? What is the creative process with that? And, and how many do you think you've come up with at this point? Um, that goes back to eating what we eat at home. So I literally will take recipes that that's what I was saying. I didn't cook before. Now I search for homemade recipes and I make them for dinner. I was like, oh, that was really great. How do I convert that into a backpacking meal? Um, so now I actually do cook quite a bit for dinner and lunch at home. Um, that's how I get most of the ideas because when I look through, I have 30, 30 cookbooks for backpackers now. I've collected a lot of them. And in reading those, it's just a similar kind of recipes. They're the mashed potatoes, the rice, you know, the ramen and those kind of things. And they just, they don't satisfy me. So I've taken a step back and I'm just making homemade food and then figuring out how to convert that into backpacking. And it's working. So if I'm not willing to eat it at home, and some of our recipes, we actually eat at home for lunch. Like we have a quinoa and black bean Frito pie that we've eaten for lunch. And I've got a chickpea and dill salad that we eat for lunch. Um, and then there's the time the garlic parmesan ramen will eat it for dinner when I don't feel like cooking. <laughs> so. Now you guys live in the van and so your kitchen's pretty small. Do you think that helps you create these recipes? Cause you're kind of, you know, confined by space and resources, just like you would be out on the trail. Um, we actually specifically designed the van for my kitchen. 
I've never, I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, that was actually, we spent a lot of time developing the kitchen in here because of knowing what other vans look like, their kitchens, their sink, I was like, oh, that sink is not going to work. So I have a 21 inch long sink. It's 10 inches deep. So I can actually put my dehydrator trays in it. Um, I'm looking at it right now. And our countertops, I think, um, 23 inches deep and most of them were 19 and it's, I don't know, I think it's close to four feet long. And then our table actually spins around and can make an L shape kitchen. So if we're not sitting at the table, then we can actually rise it up and it's the same height of the kitchen countertop. And then all the drawers are specifically designed to be able to hold all my gear. So yeah. And we have a refrigerator that's the size of a dorm room refrigerator, which is unheard of in a van too. So it didn't leave a lot of space for other things <laughs> because I needed a kitchen. Um, but it's working really well. I haven't gone without anything. And going back on the answer to your question for number of recipes, I have well over 200, probably getting close to 300 that I've developed. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, you can have almost pretty much have a new recipe every day on the trail and never make the same thing twice. Right. I never, yeah, I only eat my new stuff now. Like I don't eat any of my old stuff. (laughs) Oh man, that's awesome. So are you able to share any advice with folks who are out on adventures or planning one? Is there any you know, maybe just basics they should have with them that maybe some folks don't think about as far as the ability to make a bunch of different recipes with just a few items? Um, well, nuts in particular is a really good source of uh, fiber and calories and fat and protein. So I tend to add a lot of nuts into everything because you don't necessarily always notice they're there as long as you chop them up really well. So those are really good to have in just about everything. Um, whole milk powder, you can add to just about anything to add some more protein and calories that way. Um, I use a lot of coconut and olive oil um, because of the fats, high calories, but it's also a slow burning fuel. So it's going to, if you're going to have the ramen, if you add a little oil and make it more like a pesto, you're going to have more energy for a longer period of time. You're not going to crash after having the carbs from the ramen. So even just adding a little fat to your meals is going to help you stay stronger a lot longer. Fruit and everything. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can actually go to the grocery store when you're resupplying. If you stay away from the processed food aisle, (laughs) there's actually a lot of things you could use. You know, is there anything you're trying to nail down like recipe wise that you haven't been able to figure out yet? Or, or is it, is it, you know, not, not too much of a challenge for you to create new things? Um, it's actually not much of a challenge anymore because I'm just like right now, I think I have 50 in the lineup that are ideas that I just need to work on the numbers and kind of get them going. So I'm just constantly thinking about, like I said, I'm on all recipes as a website I use all the time. I'm just constantly surfing through there like, oh, that sounds really good. Let me figure out how to make that as a backpacking recipe. So what I end up doing is I never use rice. I never use tortillas. um, I never use mashed potatoes because those really have very little nutritional value for the amount of weight that you have to carry on your your back. So I convert all that to rice is usually a couscous or quinoa or lentils. Um, Tortillas, I usually use pita chips instead. For like hummus or those kind of or dips, I use a lot of bean dips. I have a really amazing black bean dip that's delicious. So that's kind of how I convert homemade stuff into backpacking things. And so you mentioned that it doesn't take a lot of time either to make these recipes. Is there any sort of tricks you use or any sort of things you're doing that's in no magics involved, of course, but it, preheating, you say it's all kind of ready in your backpack. How, how does that work? How have you figured that out? Um, well, I primarily, and this is based on through hiker request, um, use dry ingredients based recipes. So they're all just dry ingredients. You can either order online or get at the grocery store. So it's literally, let's say you need to make 10 servings of something. I line up 10 containers or bags and you just do scoop, scoop, scoop. So you do a scoop of milk powder and all 10. So you do a scoop of, I don't know, dried 
series or something in all 10. So you're just doing these really quick um, assembly line kind of things. So you're not actually having to make meals like one at a time if you don't necessarily want to. You can make a whole season's worth at once because they're shelf-stable for a whole season. Um, so that's usually what I recommend people doing is once you get all the ingredients out, just go ahead and make a batch of them if you know you're going to be going out at least a couple weekends um, during the year. So then you don't have to think at the last minute, like, oh, shoot, i got to go to the store. You just pull them out of your pantry and they're already made. Um, so actually I recommend for people to do it's in the winter months when it's gray and ugly outside is go ahead and make your food for the spring. Um, and it's all ready to go. Yeah. It actually can get you in the mindset of, of, of getting ready for your adventure. You know what I mean? Looking past the gloomy days and saying, you know, so something, you know, there's something to look forward to. I'm making the meal for it right, right. now. <laughs> right. And it's already done. So then you don't have an excuse of like, oh, shoot, I haven't gone to the store. I don't have any food to eat. Uh, okay. And now I'm going to get the ramen and pasta or, you know, whatever the traditional hiker foods are. You've got all that good food already ready to go. So are these meals, since they are nutritionally, you know, uh, adequate and, and, and high, you know, highly nutritious, very good. Is, is this something that could work for someone who has a busy life and just could use this in normal life? Would you recommend that? I've actually had some people say, you should give these to college students. Yeah, Professionals or parents, you know, even right. it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to cook a, a big meal. And, and these are quick. These are, you know, don't take up a ton of space. I'm sure they don't use a ton of dishes. So, you know, no, I mean? not at all. They're all one pot. You just dump all the ingredients in one bowl, stir it up and you're done. Oh I mean, gosh. I purposely do it that way too. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I'm pretty proud of myself <laughs> because I, I really love what I do now. So this is such a change from where I was before that I'm happy to work 10 and 12 hour days now. And I don't think different about it. Like before I would just trudge through the day at my old job. Um, so yeah, but yeah, going back to, I mean, busy people, you can have them in your desk at work. You could have them in your car. Cause I do a lot of trail mix, believe it or not, that it's so much better to make your own, um, than buying the stuff in the store that has all the food coloring and, you know, all the preservatives and that kind of thing. Um, so they're just ingredients. You can go to like a store with a bunch of bulk bins and you just, you know, get food out of the bulk bin, mix it together and you're done. And then you've got trail mix for several weeks. And then I've just figured out all the numbers to where it's actually nutritious and not just full of processed sugars and that kind of thing. How, how do you present this information on your website? How do people, you know, acquire these recipes? Because for me, I am not someone that thinks about the nutritional value or I don't know. I, my brain just doesn't work. I'm just, I'm like, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. How do you ensure for folks like me that this stuff is nutritional? And how, how would I know that? Do, are you, do you send a, a, do you buy the cookbooks or there's recipes you buy? Like how does it work on uh, purchasing it from you? Um, well, we had our first cookbook that I um, published back in 2018, but I've actually improved upon it quite a bit um, because those were all based on my through hiking recipes. And I've got quite a bit of feedback from hikers saying the weekenders don't necessarily need a thousand calorie meal. <laughs> so right. I've since re re redesigned those. So now on our webpage, we have a recipe and meal planning membership, I guess you could say. Um, where it's all online. Um, so all of our recipes are online. You can get them from your mobile phone. So if you're at the grocery store and like, oh, shoot, I want to make this, but I forgot, you know, what ingredients and you, you just pull it up on your phone and you've got your grocery list right there. So those are all there digitally. You can say they're all PDFs, so you can print them off and put them in a cookbook if you want them, or you can just keep them. The membership site is yours. So you can log in at any time that you want to get in there. Um, and we drop in new recipes every single week. So it's constantly growing. As I make them, you're getting new ones. So that's awesome. Do, do you find where the van is parked 
inspires the type of recipes you're cooking at all or is it is it just basically what you're finding on uh, all recipes um i've never thought about that but i don't think so um if anything where we're parked if the weather is bad it makes it harder because i can't keep the doors open <laughs> so okay. that might that, that might because when i do cook i have it two 30 gallon totes plastic totes that have all my ingredients in my gear so that usually takes up the floor space and the front seats and the bench <laughs> that doesn't leave much room left for Chris. <laughs> um, so when it's raining, then that really kind of cuts it off because sometimes usually I can keep the door open and it kind of opens up the place a little bit. So if anything, I probably do less development on rainy days just because we're more confined. But the different types of recipes, I wouldn't really say is day independent. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> we really do. I'm actually nervous about moving into a house, to be honest. Are you guys planning on it or are you, you going to stay out there longer? Uh, we're not sure yet. We, that's another one of these. We don't know yet what's coming next. Our next big thing we're actually thinking about, because we've gotten so many requests, is we're thinking about making and selling the food. Because there are so many people that do want to eat better, uh, that do lead extremely busy lives and that kind of thing, that they would just rather, Aaron, I know I could do this myself, but I just want to buy it, for, buy it from you and be done. So we're actually doing a feasibility study right now to see if that's something we could do. Um, if it's realistic. So if that does happen, then we are going to have to find a new home. We don't know where home is going to be yet. So that would slow us down. But otherwise, I think we're just going to keep moving and doing what we're doing until we figure out what we do want to do next. Because right now it's working. <laughs> so, so are these just people in, in normal life ordering from you? Or are these people you're, you're sending caches to on the trail? That's kind of my dream job is that if I were to buy or make them sell the food is I would love to do through hiking resupply boxes. So right now people are just buying the recipes and doing it themselves. So if we can figure out how to do it ourselves and sell it, then yeah, as my through hikers, that's what I would really focus on is helping these guys out. Um, whatever trail they're on, whether it's Florida trail, Arizona trail, whatever trail, John Muir, PCT, AT, helping out all those guys, because I've been there and I know exactly what it's like. And it's a hassle. It takes time, especially for that long a period. So, and if I can do what I love to do and help out those people and make it easier on them, then that would be like a dream come true. (laughs) I can imagine. Wow. And and how has it, how has the experience been taking a passion and turning it into, you know, something that makes money or, or pays the bills or a career essentially? Has it, has it been what you expected? Has it been easier or harder? Could you share that? Because I because I feel a lot of our listeners have an idea that they want to take action on, but you know maybe they're hesitant for for whatever reason. It's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, but again, I'm so much happier and healthier that it's worth it. Um, we're still not making a lot of money. We're still living. I'm going to be honest. We're still living off of our savings right now. Things are picking up. So we're getting there, but we're just so passionate about what we do that we're not going to give up at least just not yet. So we're giving it some more time to see how we can figure this out because I I really don't want to go back to a hospital setting. I just now realized how unhappy I was there that if this doesn't work out full time for an extended period of time, then I'm actually not even sure what I'm going to do next. I would have to find another third career because I'm not going back to what I did before because I thought that's something that I loved and I would retire from, but I don't miss it a single bit. So if anything, this has got me away from something that I was unhappy doing and didn't even realize I was unhappy. And eating and eating great food in beautiful places. You know, how awesome is oh, that? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Like, yeah, I'm looking at 8,000 footers right now. I mean, it's so amazing. 
We actually, we didn't get to summit today because I didn't think I'd get back in time for the podcast. So, <laughs> but we might try it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we should probably turn around because we're going to move a little slower than I think we think we are. So <laughs> we should probably turn around. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> so, you know, besides for, you know, what, what you might expand this into, um, you know, obviously creating more recipes all the time. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else you can share with folks about just that are hesitant about doing something like this and, and, and your experience? Like, obviously, you said, you know, it's 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 so much harder, but so much more rewarding. I mean, do you wish you had done this sooner? Do you think this was the time it needed to happen for you? Um, I think it was really the time that it needed to happen because, like I said, I think I was just kind of in this rut for a while and not really realizing at the time, I had no idea what I would have done next. So I think it really took all of a sudden coming together and making the decision to make the leap to do this. So yeah, I just do it. I mean, it's scary, and but I don't regret it at all. So if you're in a position where you can take the leap, then take it at least for a little while. Um, then if you're in a position that you could go back to where you were, if that's a secure place, then you can always go back is what I tell a lot of people. There's always another job. There's always another house. You know, we sold both of our cars. There's always another car. So I think it's worth it. Once you realize like how happy you could be on the other side, um, then to go for it. You know, I think you, you shared something really interesting there that I don't hear a lot is even if it's for a little while, I feel like a lot of times we can't d- jump into something like this unless we know it can, it's going to be permanent. And I think that scares a lot of people to say, well, I don't want to go out and, for a year and fail because it feels like failure. And, and and to someone like me, it's like, no, you didn't fail. You did, you did it. You did it for a year. You know, you tried it. Yeah. Yeah. You tried it. And coming back is not the same as never leaving, you know? Well, even like I was just saying is that I never would have realized that there are other things out there that I would enjoy because I was so dedicated to this particular profession at the time that I didn't even consider. I did the same field of nutrition for 16 years. I didn't, I never did anything else. And I'm so glad that I did this because now I know that there's other things out there that I would enjoy doing. Wow. So what would you say to yourself, you know, maybe 10 years ago when you were in the middle of that, what could you start doing then to help maybe alleviate some of that frustration or or some of that, you know, tunnel vision for, because a lot of folks just are not going to be able to do this, but I want them to have something they can, you know, an action they can take. What would you have done, you think? Uh, well, had I known it was going to happen, I would have saved money a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I would have I would have really set aside some money knowing that, okay, here's my deadline of when I'm going to take this leap that I need X number of dollars saved. So I probably wouldn't have, you know, done a few extra things that I spent money on. I would have definitely saved money. I would have probably done some more research on business to know how hard it was going to be ahead of time rather than just jumping and not having a clue. <laughs> so if you're thinking business, just kind of start taking those webinars that are free. I mean, there's so much stuff out there you can do that doesn't cost anything. So without even really dedicating a lot of yourself to that leap, then you could start kind of doing some background research um, just to kind of get a feel for what you're getting yourself into. Like, I just love that knowing it, you know, even if it's not forever, you did it and it's worth it and you're there right now and enjoying it and no one can ever take this away from you no matter what. So that's, right. that's inspiring. Well, just in this last year, I mean, we now go on coffee walks. We actually found that we were falling back into our old patterns and not getting out and doing anything because we're so dedicated to the business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were like, we're in a really small space. You don't even walk to the bathroom. I mean, you don't walk to the kitchen. You don't walk down the hallway because we're in 60 square feet. 
So you don't move at all. And we caught ourselves not being physically active. And that's something that's really important to us. So now our morning walks are, we take our coffee and we go for a hike every morning. Um, And it's amazing. And that's something I never could do if I lived in a house or in my old situation is that now we're exploring all the country and seeing these beautiful places that I never would have seen before. So, I mean, that's why we're a little nervous about like settling down because that thing that we're getting to enjoy right now would come to an end. Yeah. You know, I, I think that you said you guys were getting in a rut even in the van. I, isn't that interesting? Like you, you, you put, you just uproot everything, get in this brand new setting in the same, if you don't internally like make it up the decision in your mind, this, any setting can become the same rut for you, no matter where it is. I've seen it all the time. I've used to live in some of the most beautiful places in the world and people were just in the rat race as if they were on wall street, you know, in the middle oh, of yeah. Yosemite Valley. And it's like, how do you, how do you allow that attitude to come to a place like this or, or, or into a career like this? And it, it really, you know, that's, that's fascinating. You say that. Well, we were actually really surprised. I didn't expect that to happen, to be honest, because I was like, oh, we're going to be in Yosemite. Like you said, Yellowstone, we're going to be on all these amazing places. We're going to hike all the time, you know, and we caught ourselves and we're like, we never take a day off because we were constantly focused on, we've got to get the web page done. You know, we got to do marketing. You've got to do this and you got to do that. And it's just like a typical job. Um, and our friends and family are like, oh, like what backpacking trips have you been going on? I'm like actually none. And they're like, how many miles have you driven? About 25,000. They're like, what is wrong? So we really, we're actually doing the 52 hike challenge this year for that very reason. Okay. And that's a hike every week, correct? Right. Or at least 52 within the year, but ideally you get out every weekend or week, um, and do one. So, because we're not able to, I love through hiking. It's something like, I wish I could do every single year, but we just can't take that kind of time off this year. So we dedicated the 52 hike challenge to make sure we get out every single week. You know, even if it's just for a couple of miles, we're going to get out and enjoy the things that we love and take a break from the screen. Um, so yeah, we're completely mobile. So we're on our computers all day long. So we really don't move unless we make an effort to get outside. And again, we're in these beautiful places. <laughs> so it's like, why aren't we outside? It's gorgeous here. I might sit in my chair outside. But <laughs> <laughs> That is important. You know, I've heard so many people say, you know, I'm trying, I, I, I relocate or I change a setting, but nothing changed because I, did, I didn't make that change internally saying, I'm going to make it different now. I'm going to make my routine different. I've got an incredible job and, I'm, you know, I'm viewed as some sort of adventure, but in all reality, I don't get out that much just because I'm working so hard on this project, on this podcast, on my day job. And it's like, I may talk about these things and know these things and have experienced these things, but I'm not always the one that's out doing them. You know what I mean? The the guests are. Right. And even, you know, you're you're admitting that even you don't get to do it all the time. So Right. So, no. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> but it's definitely you just have to make it a priority. And that's something we've had to do. And we're we're really we're on hike number twelve right now. We just did twelve today. So oh, I think awesome. we're doing okay. Yeah, but, you're right on track then. Dang it. No, yeah. you're actually ahead of the game if that if you're doing We're a little ahead of game. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with guests and you know, maybe about you know recipes or your business or how they can find out more i'm going to plug everything in the intro as well as in the show notes but you're more than welcome to share here as well um yeah well i guess you can find us pretty much on all social media um again my our business name is backcountry foodie um you can find us on instagram facebook Uh, we're getting ready to start up youtube we've got a few videos that people seem to really love so just this week actually we're going to start filming every other week and just doing really short clips, uh, frequently asked questions kind of thing. So just to give you some really quick tips 
Um, and then I have a blog and then of course the recipe membership site is on our webpage. So we're all over the place. If you need something or email me, I mean, I truly love doing what I do. So you can feel free to reach out to me anytime too. You, you guys just started, like you said, you're growing, you're going to be growing like crazy, go, especially going into the hiking season. I know folks are going to be finding out more about you. There's going to be, there's, you're, you're going to create a division this year between through hikers of like re- amazing meals and then just, you know, eating honey buns all the time. And it's going to be this thing on the trail. I know it is. And word's going to spread like crazy. So I'm excited for y'all. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to spread and through hiking's just growing, you know, so in Obviously, those folks know how to communicate, so it's going to be, you guys are hitting it right at the right time, I think. So I'm excited for you and just see where it goes. All right. Thanks, Mason. Appreciate it. <laughs> cool. Well, have a great night and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventure sports podcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. <laughs>